Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us on patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. I was told you were coming. The big bad is back. This time... I'm not sure I'm getting the clearance to come into the initiative. I've been thinking about the world. Like vampires. Take a stand and say that. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this one. Hello, boys and girls. The beer's open. The cat's been nipped. It's time for Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Today's episode is season four, episode four, Fear Itself. Yeah. Not fear themselves or their selves, not herself, not he self, not baby self, not vampire self. Wouldn't it be himself? Fear itself. No, it's he self. I, th- I think you're mistaken. It's he man. Why can't it be he self? <laughs> Get your shit together, Rex. He man is a name. It's like Josh is a name. Don't throw proper nouns into this. What did proper nouns ever do to you? Confused me. Okay. <laughs> yep. Well, uh, welcome to full French press of coffee with Buffy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot to add the part where Josh is super caffeinated. <laughs> Time to do a highly caffeinated version of beer with Buffy. I'm ready and ready to go, see? <laughs> I'll probably die of a heart attack any moment now. Can I have your laptop if you die? Or a stroke. No. Damn. Specifically, I want it buried with me. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave the Unreal Engine editor open. (laughs) It'll keep your coffin nice and warm. I'll work. (laughs) Yeah, it will. I'll work it out somehow. I'll I'll learn to puppet the worms from the afterlife. That's one of my favorite supernatural monsters, by the way. It's called a worm that walks. It's like a lich where a great, powerful, evil wizard dies ritualistically. And then in the death... He possesses the worms and insects that consume his body. Huh. And so he lives as a swarm. Is that what the dude was in the episode of Buffy who was made out of worms? I mean, I don't, the same kind of concept, yes. The actual worm that walks that's like a lich is a D&D thing. Yeah. But not like real mythology. <laughs> real mythology. Yes. <laughs> if there's one important thing that we learn this episode... It's that this shit is real and it'll stab you. <laughs> so careful. Don't close your eyes and wish it away because it'll stab you to death. <laughs> Upcoming quote of the day right there. <laughs> All right. On to the mom synopsis. Joshua. What are you doing, Joshua? Oh, just throwing fake dollar bills into a pentagram to see if they become real. Really? <laughs> Can you teach me how to do that, Joshua? No, I can't teach you how to do anything because you're hopeless. Well, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yikes. <laughs> Look at you with the zingers today, Ma. I learned from the best. Careful, that was a compliment. I think that was... <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done here. Where's your costume, Joshua? It's Halloween. Are you going to be Mickey Mouse again? That was my favorite costume of yours when you were little. Really? It wasn't... Raphael, or I'm sorry, the generic, <laughs> the generic prepubescent frog 
with a shell costume <laughs> or whatever they called it. I don't know. Well, that was your favorite, Joshua. I don't care about that. Oh, right. I'm at home. I forgot. Okay. Yep. I was the talk of the town. I was the coolest kid in school that day. I had me a Ninja Turtle outfit costume. I think we need to go back to discussing that you dressed as Mickey Mouse. Yeah, I was like six. Oh. And I didn't really have options. You know what my costume was when I was six? Batman. I wore that fucking costume for like three months straight. Well, congratulations. (laughs) Your parents are cooler than mine. Joshua, you can't say that about me during the mom synopsis. <laughs> Canon did. The costume was uh, was made by my mom, mostly black cloth and hot glue. Yeah. All right, tell me about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. What's going on? Why is Mr. Giles the villain in this episode? <laughs> That's a very nice chainsaw he has there. Is that really his chainsaw you're looking at there, mom? Huh? Huh? <laughs> Penis? Anybody? Stop it, Joshua. You've always been very inappropriate. (laughs) I think you mean highly inappropriate. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, now Giles has a chainsaw because Buffy and the gang decided to go to this party that ended up being haunted because the dumbasses wanted a cool symbol to paint on the floor in the main party area. And they picked a symbol out of some sort of book with actual magic shit in it. And it kind of made the house haunted and accidentally started summoning a fear demon. Because Oz nipped his finger open while he was trying to trim a wire. Because they needed to borrow a stereo system from him because they really didn't think ahead. And apparently Oz is the only person in Sunnydale with any access whatsoever to live music equipment um xander invites anya luckily she takes a little too long to get her costume together because if she hadn't noticed that there was something wrong they'd have all been quite fucked so giles saves the day when anya fetches him and he figures shit out and he busts in with a chainsaw and he's giles the chainsaw massacrer but he's british But luckily, he's actually British and not Mexican because lots of cultural appropriation going on in this episode. Definitely making the 90s look bad. Well, you didn't tell us what Anya's costume is. I bet it wasn't as cute as you as a Mickey Mouse. No, it was much cuter. She was a rabbit because rabbits are terrifying with red beady eyes and sharp pointed teeth. And what's with all the carrots? What do they need such good eyesight for anyway? Bunnies. Bunnies. It must be bunnies. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. Competition is a beautiful thing. Oh, dear. Cold open. <laughs> Some really interesting debate between Xander and Willow and Oz about the emotion of Xander's jack-o'-lantern. Which looks like every other fucking jack-o'-lantern ever. Ha! <laughs> oh my god. Good times. Great pseudo-philosophical, overly descriptive, and possibly off-the-cuff observational wit. But it's, you know, it's it's actually good. You know, it's what I've come yes. to expect of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. Thank you, Joss Whedon. Ugh. <laughs> so Xander's line is, I don't know, I was going for ferocious, scary, but it's coming out more dryly sardonic. No. Willow responds... It does appear to be mocking you with its eye holes. 
And Oz throws in, the nose hole seems sad and full of self-loathing. Yeah, I don't know. I just have trouble absorbing lots of big words flying at me (laughs) these days. I don't know. That's probably been my whole life. And I'm only just starting to accept it. Anyway, after turning it back and reading the transcript, I appreciate it a little bit more than I did. Anyway, so they ask Buffy's opinion. And Buffy's not really in a, what you would call, up headspace. (laughs) (laughs) She's uh, not exactly festive at the moment. (laughs) And it, it gets a bit dark really quick here. So Buffy says, and this is an actual, actually, no, this is not an actual quote of the day, just a talking point again. She says, I was just thinking about the life of a pumpkin. Grow up in the sun, happily entwined with others. Then someone comes along, cuts you open, and rips your guts out. And I just want to say, Buffy, you forgot one thing. Rips your guts out and carves a face into your corpse. (laughs) You didn't think it could get darker? Well, it got a little fucking darker. Okay. Other than that, no, spot on and good call, Buffy. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, but Xander is talking about that they're going to watch a movie, and it turns out he got the wrong movie. He got Fantasia, and it was supposed to be Phantasm. Yep. Goes into actually one of my quotes of the day from oh, Oz. Really? When uh, Xander pulls out Fantasia, Oz's response is, maybe it's because of all the horrific things we've seen, but hippos wearing tutus just don't unnerve me the way they used to. Yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> But no, they're not going to watch horror movies. They're going to a fucking frat party. Back in the days when you had to rent movies from a store. And if you got the wrong one, well, guess what? That was the fucking movie you were watching anyway. Yep. Back in my day. (laughs) (laughs) Back in my day, I grew up with live theater where you could touch the actors. But if you did, they'd kick you out. Alrighty. Moving on. Yeah. Xander immediately becomes an insecure doof, thinking that he wasn't automatically invited to this party that they're planning on going to, that they didn't tell him about planning on going to, which is the reason he rented a movie is because he thought they didn't have plans. No, Xander. He is going to the party. Huh? Anyway, he is going to the party. Yeah, he's completely, totally invited because Xander, it's college. Nobody gives a shit, which... Except for that one dick bag that makes a joke about it in a minute, but he's a dick bag and literally nobody cares. But they still don't say, hey, you can't fucking come to the party or any bullshit. Yeah, they like joke that. about not letting him come, but they're not going to fucking stop yeah. him. And honestly, Xander's not that dumb. I really don't understand why he doesn't just also go to college with them. I actually suspect it's money. Well,. I think he's poor enough, at least it's from the sounds of it, that he would qualify for lots of financial aid. Granted, financial aid was not nearly as prevalent back in the late 90s, probably. I don't really know. I don't know where the FAFSA was. There's all sorts of new shit coming out all the time. But I don't know. He's just he's not that stupid. And there could have been a way for him to pay for it. Yeah. Then again, here I am in 80 grand of debt and completely regretting having gone to college only, you know, five years after this episode took place. Six, really. You want to talk about regrets? I do. Let's talk about Buffy and Parker. Because Buffy's <laughs> feeling some regret. <laughs> That's a good tie-in. <laughs> right? Go you. I'm proud of that. <laughs> No, Buffy's super down, so she decides she's going to check out from the gathering. 
and head on home. Doesn't want to bring everyone else down. And the Scooby gang all have a moment of solidarity as they all agree on percussive maintenance to Parker's face. Yeah. After Buffy leaves all depressed and shit. My name's Rex and I support this message. (laughs) (laughs) Damn right. Then we cut to Buffy walking down the street and some dumbass in a stupid mask. (laughs) Oh man, I fucking love this for two reasons. One, really good fucking mask actually. Yeah, it was decent. Uh, dude jumps out to scare Buffy, and she just fucking hits him. I'm surprised that somehow she doesn't, like, cave in his face. <laughs> like, he's a, you know... Oh, right? Like, she must have really pulled that punch. Yeah, just a normal dude. But this fucker, like, takes his mask off, and he's like, What the hell? What's the deal? Why'd you hit me? It's like, she hit you because you're dumb enough to fucking jump out and scare someone. Yeah. You fucking deserved it. Fuck off. Who cares if it's Halloween? You don't fucking do that shit to strangers. Yeah, because some of them might fucking know Taekwondo and put your nose through your face. Yeah. Or Kung Fu. Yeah. You know, if you happen to be Keanu Reeves or somebody else that knows Kung Fu. But I'm fairly certain Keanu Reeves is the only person on the planet that knows Kung Fu. Yeah, probably. Oh, wait, no. Jackie Chan knows Kung Fu. Yeah. Is, but is Jackie Chan still alive? Yes. Oh. Well, good for you, Jackie Chan. <laughs> Dig this. Dig this. Sire has a wind. Sire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Cold water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. With what? A desk. Opening credits. We go to school where... Willow and Buffy are talking about Willow's magic endeavors and not boys. I know, right? <laughs> so we're in the ye old lunch line. I don't see anybody swiping any cards. Like they just jump into the line and start taking food. I think they have to swipe a card at the end of the line. Yeah, but did they? I don't remember. Well, no one stayed in the line. Because Buffy sees Parker. Because Buffy sees Parker, sure. Buffy and Oz are both legitimately worried about willow's magical endeavors because that shit's scary (laughs) so buffy's inquiring to willow oh what's the next level willow says transmutation conjuring uh, bringing forth something from nothing gets pretty close to the primal forces a little scary buffy's like well no one's pushing you know if it's too much don't do it Willow says, don't do it. What kind of encouragement is that? Buffy says, oh, this is an encouragement talk? I thought it was a share my pain talk. You know, there is a lacking of like pre-establishment of conversation type. There are times when a friend will message me and be like, oh, you know what? Fuck this. And I usually respond with, do you want commiseration? Do you want advice? Do you want... Hey, no, it's not that bad. Like, what? Why are you messaging me? Because there are a very wide range of fucking responses that I can give. Yeah. And it shouldn't be taboo to be like, hey, I need to talk about this and I want you to hate it as much as I do. No, you need to read people's minds, Rex. No, for for this conversation, I had a similar thought specifically. I was like, alternatively, also could have been a talk me down conversation. These are important distinctions that I also cannot always tell the difference between. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Willow thinks she'll know her limit. 
Oh, Willow, Willow, Willow. Oh, that is not how these slippery slopes work. We happen to have future information at hand that is contrary to your theory. I mean, also, life practices. We have done things where like, oh, this is fine. This is fine. We're going to be doing fine. We weren't fine. They were not fine. Exactly. (laughs) I can drink all this whiskey. Nothing's going to happen if I drink all this whiskey. Hey, look, this bottle of whiskey's almost gone. You want some more? Yeah. I know my limits. (laughs) Yeah, and then the next day you're like, maybe we should buy more whiskey. We drank all the whiskey last time. So we buy more whiskey. And then we buy more whiskey. And then we buy more whiskey. Yeah, see how that's an excellent business plan for the whiskey makers? Yeah. Anyway. Those whiskey makers got us by the balls. Yeah, I think we're alcoholics, Rex. I'm not now, but I was in my early 20s. This is Alcoholics Anonymous without the anonymous with Buffy. (laughs) So Oz is also worried about Willow, specifically worried about her getting hurt. But he will back her choices because he is supportive boyfriend. And then Buffy sees fuckface off in the distance and nopes the fuck off into non-coping land. Yeah. I want a ticket to (laughs) non-coping land. Specifically, she goes on vacation to non-coping land. Yeah. I want a one-way permanent (laughs) ticket to non-coping land. Thank you very much. I think it costs approximately as much as a bottle of whiskey. Hey, Josh. A day. I think you live there already. (laughs) (laughs) No. You're non-coping land adjacent. I'm coping every day. Are you kidding me? (laughs) It's getting a bit tiresome. (laughs) Hey, you haven't killed anyone yet. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Ha ha. Yet. Yeah. Hey, it's a Halloween episode. The joke is our lives. What are they going to do? So... Yeah, Willow runs after Buffy. Buffy's living in non-coping land. She is. You know what? Good on her. It should be okay for her to not cope. She definitely needs a minute to remove herself from the situation. And seeing Parker is clearly a trigger. I get that. That's fine. Oh, yeah. She needs to not be around him for a bit. Well, it's like the the whole fucking mentality that we have where you got to push through. You got to do what you got to do. It's like, no, no. What you got to do is sometimes, sometimes you have to fucking just be okay with being in your pain. Ironically, non-coping land is her coping really well right now. Yeah. Anyway, so Willow's uh, all like, hey, Buffy, you're going to have so much fun at this party. Maybe you'll meet somebody. And she's like, I don't want to meet somebody. And, you know, that's fine, too. And she goes, oh, well, I can't. I'm probably not going to the party. I'm going to probably have to patrol or something. I thought this party had already happened, honestly. Turns out, no, it's the next day. They, they talked about it as if it were that night that the party was supposed to happen. Yeah, but they were pre-gaming for the next day. Right. Anyway, so, yeah, cut to Giles's house. The last line of the previous scene was, oh, Giles doesn't care about Halloween. Cut to Giles's door opening and Giles caring about Halloween. We've mentioned before, they do this thing a lot. I tried finding a name for it to see if there was a specific term for this kind of cut, and I couldn't find anything. I would honestly just call it a cut take. But it's like supposed to be humorous and ironic and, you I know. I thought it was. They do it. A little too much. I liked it. 
You're being a buzzkill. We have a podcast where we dissect a fucking show. It's okay to be a little bit of a buzzkill. So Buffy says, yeah, I'm going to clear it with Giles. He doesn't give a shit about Halloween. Cut to Giles. Happy Halloween wearing a sombrero. And he's like, well, I thought it was festive. Well, it's not festive. It's cultural appropriation, asshole. Buffy is super weirded out by Giles. Well, he does look fucking dumb <laughs> in that costume. Right? And he's like, what is your costume? You're literally just a Mexican. That's not a costume. No, it's not a good costume at all. Uh, also, by the way, it is the most ridiculous looking sombrero I've ever fucking seen. Yeah, it's that's like a, a maraca dancer kind of sombrero. <laughs> My name is Cuban, Cuban Pete. Pete. I'm, I'm the, the king, king of, of the rumble beats. beats. Anyway, this is not a podcast about Jim Carrey. But yeah, Buffy's worried that she should go patrol or something. And Giles is like, no, it's fine. Everything's fine. Halloween is lame. Nothing ever happens on Halloween, despite the fact that something has happened on every Halloween. Oh, yeah. so the, the thing with Ethan was a complete isolated incident. Uh, very unlikely that anything will happen. <laughs> oh, Giles, Giles, Giles. We should figure out what kind of deal this is. I mean, is it a gathering, a shindig? gathering is brie mellow song stylings shindig dip less mellow song stylings perhaps a large amount of malt beverage and hoot nanny well, chock full of hoot just a little bit of nanny cut to the frat house where the frat boys are setting up for the frat party yeah some fratty nimrods bro out about how halloween is about getting laid hold on one of the fratty nimrods is walter jones who played Zack the Black Power Ranger. Really? Yes. Ha! Was it the black guy? Yes. That's so racist. No, the original <laughs> fucking Power Rangers, the black guy was the Black Ranger, and the Chinese woman was the Yellow Ranger. That's so racist. It was. That's what I'm saying. Is that's really it was racist. kind of amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, God. Oddly enough... He seems to look younger now in this episode, despite the fact that this is like four or five years after he did Power Rangers. And it was after the Power Rangers? Yeah, that was like in 94, dude. Some people age really well. What can I say? Right. I do not know what to tell you. I mean, if they offer you a role playing younger, <laughs> you take it. God damn it. Right. <laughs> Yeah, he was college age when he was playing a high schooler in the Power Rangers, and now he's an adult playing a college dude. When somebody asks you if you're a <laughs> god, you say yes, goddammit. Yeah. I know he doesn't say goddammit in Ghostbusters, but it always pisses me off that he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So two fratty nimrods are broing out about getting laid on Halloween, and that's like its only purpose. And the only holiday that isn't about getting laid is Arbor Day. And so they're talking about needing Oz to for help with the sound system because theirs sucks. Zack the Black Power Ranger pulls out a book and says, hey, here, dude, I got a magical symbol for you. Because they want to paint a symbol on the floor in the main party area for the party for festiveness ivity. What could possibly go wrong? Who the fuck hasn't just seen a goddamn pentacle in a circle? Pentacle? Yeah, pentacle. You mean testicles, Rex? I don't know. I got no, nothing. No, a pentacle. A pentacle 
is a fucking five point star in a circle. Isn't that a pentagram? Either way, who has never seen anything like that? You can't just fucking go, oh, here, I'm going to fucking paint a star and put a fucking circle around it and make squiggly goddamn symbols and shit and fake it, right? Yeah, they could have faked that. But hey, they wanted genuineness. And I respect that until people die from it. Right. So cut to Xander's basement where Anya shows up. It's definitely the quintessential Anya entrance. But this time it wasn't Xander's mom that let her in. It was Uncle Rory, and he was a, a little drunk on peppermint schnapps. Yeah. I do not understand people that like drinking peppermint schnapps all by itself, and that I, upsets me. I don't understand people who drink any schnapps by themselves. By themselves? By them? By itself. By itself? I would say itself. Any schnapps by itself? Yeah, That's there funny. we go. That's the second time we've had that conversation this episode. I, Itself, themself, their self. Well, it's fear itself, so it makes sense. Oh, right. We should be discussing the so, word itself. Yeah, and so that is the proper use uh, in this particular situation as that well. That being said, Josh, what is your favorite schnapps? Definitely butterscotch. Yeah, it's really the best. Oh, yeah. It'll I really fuck you up. I really just hate peppermint anything. I like spearmint I don't more like than peppermint. I don't minty anything. It all tastes like toothpaste toilet bowl cleaner to me. That's the same kind of thing as, like, I, I can't deal with lavender because it tastes like soap. Yeah. You know, that's funny. I heard that that's a thing that, like, some people just, it it doesn't necessarily have to be connected to a bad association with really? it. That could just be how you're wired. I just always assumed that it was a bad association. Could just be how you're wired. Yeah. Back to the scene where Anya's unhappy, and she's unhappy because... Xander tends to hear the words that people say and take them at face value, and Anya thinks that that is stupid. Well, yeah. And... You're supposed to just read people's minds, Rex. Xander just accepts that. That is the truth of the matter. Because those are the words that came out of her mouth. Right? <laughs> that's... Holy shit, that's brilliant writing. Oh my god, you didn't catch that I before? I didn't! <laughs> Because she blatantly says, I think that's stupid, and I he accept just accepts that. it. No, it's a play on what they were just saying. How the fuck did I not pick up on that? <laughs> God. I'll uh, see myself out. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> da -da 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 -da. Hey, welcome to Beer with Buffy, everybody. <laughs> Where we have personal revelations every day. Rex just learned something about himself. So there's two types of people in this world. Those who can extrapolate from incomplete information. So Xander invites Anya to the party. Anya's like, why do you even still hang out with them? You have nothing in common. They're in college. You're not. They live in dorms. You live at home. But she does just kind of accept it when he's like, no, friendship transcends blah, blah, blah. And... He just kind of trails off and he's like, no, just trust me. And she's like, okay, whatever. Don't get upset at me. I'm just curious. She legitimately just doesn't understand. It's like she's autistic. I mean, yeah, kind of. Yeah. He invites her to the party as her date. And so then she's like, so are we dating? And yeah. he's like, well, there's definitely some dating like tendencies going on here. Yeah. Xander tells Anya to dress as something scary. Yeah, spoilers, it's a bunny. It's a bunny. <laughs> Cut to class. So Buffy walks into the classroom and says, Excuse me, Professor Walsh, I came to get today's assignments. I uh, couldn't make it to class for personal reasons. Walsh responds with, 
I'm going to be a terrible person to you. Specifically, <laughs> right. I count four limbs, a head, no visible scarring, so I assume your personal issue wasn't a life-threatening accident of any kind. I'm therefore uninterested. You got problems? Solve them on your own time. Miss another class and you're out. All right, so mental health is completely ignored. Few things have changed since this episode was made. If I can't see your problem, it doesn't exist. Or it shouldn't in any way ever be my problem. Welcome to why our entire fucking generation is a goddamn mess. Well, and the generations before us. We're just one of the first generations to really start realizing it. Yeah, fair. But no, yeah, fuck Professor Walsh. But yeah, seriously, though, I, I also call bullshit because I don't think any professor would ever actually say this because they fucking want your money and and your approval. And more importantly, the school would have a pre-established fucking policy on absences. Yeah. The like, professor doesn't just get to go, oh, you can't miss more than one class. No, that doesn't fucking fly you know, in a goddamn college atmosphere. That's absolute horseshit. And then even if that was the policy, this whole complete fabrication of hard-nosed scholarly, it's pure elitism. Like, reflect for a fucking second on Buffy in high school and how was there not... One fucking person in the entirety of the administration of high school that was like, is something going on with you? Seriously. Are you okay? What? Like, let's talk about what's going on. Yeah. Like, the closest that ever fucking came was that one goddamn guidance counselor that got his face eaten. Who got murdered immediately. Yeah. And, like, he was the only goddamn person ever to be like, are you okay, Buffy? Are you might not be normal and you might have a problem that some people can't see yep and don't care about therefore buffy you made some bad choices you just might have to live with some consequences this isn't over if i have to i'll go all the way to the mayor So, yeah, Walsh is like, oh, fuck you. Better come to class. And then Riley immediately backs her up and he's like, well, your work has been slacking. I haven't seen your hand up in ages. Like, oh, fuck off. Yeah. Class participation. Just fuck off. She's there. Isn't that all that's important to you? Yeah. Fucking tits. No, I'm sorry. That's an insult to tits. Right. Um, the whole scene here with Riley is supposed to be, it's written like it's supposed to be kind of like cute. Yeah. It's not. Well, he's given her emotional fucking whiplash. Right? There's such an ass backwards conversation. He goes from, you're not working hard enough to, tonight's not a night for responsibility, to, I'm also spending tonight working in like three seconds, back and forth and back. And just... Oh my God, make a decision. What's more important? <laughs> right. Stick with something, at least. He can't even do that. And they're not even dating yet. <laughs> <sighs> I'm not looking forward to that. So Buffy says, well, thanks for the pep talk, coach. Riley says, don't make fun. I worked long and hard to get this pompous. And uh, I know he's joking, 
but he's, he's pompous. But he's also not joking. <laughs> no. And then, I don't think he's joking as much as he comes off it that he's joking. Well, he's, I think he is self-awarely pompous. That's also very possible and likely. But he's also deflecting Buffy's compliment because she wasn't kidding and she has to specify right. that she actually meant it. And he's like, oh, thank you. From there, we cut to the frat house. Back to the frat house where Oz and Xander are bringing in sound equipment. Right on cue. Oz whips out a knife because he needs to trim a wire. And I've never cut my finger and then flicked it around like it just pinched it. What the fuck? Like, you're spraying (laughs) blood everywhere, Oz. As soon as that happened, I'm like... What the fuck are you doing, Oz? He's shaking off like a fucking dog covered in blood. That's what he's doing. Okay, that kind of tracks, though. He is a werewolf. Yeah, exactly. So there it is. We figured it out. We're doing this Uh, together, guys. Yeah, during the the time that they come in, dude's painting the fucking evil symbol on the floor. And so Oz cuts himself and flicks blood on it and nobody notices it shimmer despite the (laughs) fact that the dude's painting it at the time. And then we see a plastic tarantula transubstantiate before our very eyes. Good word. Yeah. I love that word. It's a fun word. Uh, Which, for all you non-Catholics out there, that is the word they use for when you take communion in church and oh, is it? Yeah. It is the word used for people who literally believe that when you put one of those cracker wafers in your mouth, that it literally becomes the body of Christ and the wine literally becomes the blood of Jesus. That's transubstantiation. Hmm. So this is actual transubstantiation because that spider became a real spider. Yeah. How do you know? You're not Catholic. How do you know that? I was best friends with a Buddhist who became a Catholic for a little while. He's not a real Catholic. (laughs) (laughs) He's as real as Catholics get, dude. Uh, Okay, He thinks that you can bribe Jesus to get rid of your guilt, but it's Uh, only a temporary effect, so you have to go back once a week. That's all Catholicism really is. Yeah. Hey, fill me with guilt and then take (laughs) that guilt away. Because I love your abusive cycle. That's Catholicism. Religion is Find all- me a Catholic who disagrees. If you're a Catholic who listens to our show and disagrees, give us a call at 269-743-0783. That sounds fun. You know, we work really hard around here to try and be as inclusive as we can and to be offensive as equally as possible. Uh-huh. But not too offensive. There are certain phrases and things that we have avoided saying from time to time. I like to be fairly offensive. My point is, the one ground that I am I personally do not give two shits about offending is anybody religious. Ah. <laughs> Organized religion, indoctrination of children. Religious belief was one of the main fucking reasons... For all abuse that I experienced growing up. Yeah. Fuck religion. Moving on. Stupid people was (laughs) my main issue. Anyway, moving on. I mean, you could equate my situation to stupid people as well. And religion was the excuse. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, fair enough. 
cut to Buffy's house where we we get to see Joyce. We haven't seen her in a while. No, we yeah, it's definitely a Joyce episode insofar as Joyce is in the episode. Joyce is sewing up a little red riding hood cloak for Buffy's costume, having to alter it because it was a costume that she wore years ago. And shit gets dark real fast as they romp down Nostalgia Lane <laughs> and gets to talking about daddy. And they're having a daddy fucking good time talking about <laughs> uh, the good old days of <laughs> trick-or-treating. Sorry. Buffy's trick-or-treating with her dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd all stop using the word motherfucking really fast <laughs> if you had to switch over to daddy fucking, wouldn't you? <laughs> it just oh, sounds really wrong when you say it, it like it that. It really does. <laughs> I want to say, though, that Joyce actually, like, does pretty solid parenting here uh-huh because she equates the problems that that buffy is going through with her own problems and uses her own solutions that she came to to give buffy good solid actual real advice well and buffy starts to tangent off she has regularly done this since season one buffy will find some reason to be like, oh, woe is me. For instance, in this conversation, Joyce says, oh, he just loved spending time with you. And Buffy says, oh, not enough, apparently. Which is how shit gets heavy real fast. Yeah, and to be fair, she's not wrong. Yeah, he we did. We haven't fucking he, seen him. Yeah, we have, we've only seen him like the one time. But, you know, Joyce is very reassuring that it, their divorce had nothing to do with her. I know that my parents' divorce had nothing, that it wasn't because he didn't love us. And it wasn't because I misbehaved or my brother misbehaved or right. something. You know, but it still definitely starts to feel like you're not as loved when they aren't around as much. Anyway, we're horribly digressing here. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. So while we were horribly off track, it was relevant to the scene. So we're talking about daddy issues and Joyce, as you were saying, she does some fairly decent parenting because Buffy's like, well, maybe I'm just better off alone. And Joyce surprisingly readily agrees with this sentiment. And I, honestly, I wasn't far behind. I was jokingly like, you're not wrong. <laughs> and that Joyce's look is like, eh, well, you might be onto something. And I'm like, wait, what? Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to be like, oh, no, there's lots of fish in the sea. You'll find somebody. But that's, you know, all the same bullshit that everybody feeds everybody all the time. Yep. And, you know, Joyce gave her some real world examples of it's hard to trust again. Eventually you will. Friends, honestly, are more important than having a significant other per se. Yeah. At least at first. And Buffy's like 10 steps ahead because she's already got a solid set of friends. And that's basically Joyce's point. <laughs> Joyce also mentions <laughs> that she'll always be here, you know, until she's dead, which is yeah. soonish. I like that she's like, and sometimes it's hard to get back on the wagon. You know, my last boyfriend turned out to be a murderous robot. <laughs> <laughs> That's been a minute. 
Right? The only person that she's hooked up with since Ted was Giles. Right? I'm dating. I, I'm having serious dating with a werewolf. And I'm studying witchcraft and, and killing vampires. It's like a drug. So we cut to outside where there's some dipshits teepeeing trees. Yep. Then we're over in the dorms. Uh, Willow is on her phone, presumably talking to Oz about forcing fun onto Buffy and axe murdering Parker. You know, fun for the whole family. Yeah. And I mean, there's a, a variety enough of different sizes of axes that everyone can get one that fits their needs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah a handle that fits their grip a head yeah. that you know it has the right balance for just really landing a blood spurting blow into the back of your enemy or your friends it's very important to have good balance with your axe you just you know you gotta make it work yeah anyway <laughs> yeah so willow walks through the hallway and i just this fucking conversation between the lobster and the gift box <laughs> i really wanted to hang out with them longer to find out what was going on i know right like there's nothing else special about this conversation except the fact that one of them is dressed in a very elaborate lobster costume and the other one in a, a gift box costume which actually sounds really uncomfortable like her arms, she could only like flap her right. forearms about uselessly. Anyway, so the conversation is, there is nothing going on here. The gift box says, I saw you flirting with her. Lobster says, do we have to do this every time? I love you. You know that. It's a lobster it's in a gift so, box. It's so stupid. <laughs> But I'd love it. Also, what kind of fucking Halloween costume is a goddamn gift box? I know, right? Like, lobster, I can kind of understand. So, the lobster and the gift box were real funny. Cut back to the party. So then we cut to the party, where we see festivities going on. Dude is going through, like, guiding a blindfolded woman to like putting her hand in things and one of the bowls is a bunch of peeled grapes that are supposed to feel like eyeballs. But guess what? They become actual fucking eyeballs. Yeah, this escalated quickly. I wasn't expecting it to happen this early in the episode. Right. But shit's going down already. The shitteth hath hitteth the fan. Ith. Ith. Yes. <laughs> that is correct. So cut to outside where Xander Bond 007 meets up with Buffy Red Riding Hood. And then Willow Joan of Arc. And then the best costume is Oz's costume. Ozgod. Yeah. Good Oz. And I think that Oz is actually a prophet of the Church of Keanu. Think about it. He's very just, this is how life is. Or Oz could clearly just be the one true God. No. Oh, was that blasphemous? Yes. Wait, I thought we hated religion. Why are we creating a religion about Keanu Reeves? Because it's funny. Oh, yeah. Okay. I heard he has a girlfriend now. He does. That's neat. And she's younger than him, but looks older than him because he looks like he's perpetually 35. Yeah, she does look older than him. But she's yeah. younger than him? By 10 years, at oh least. Oh, my God. 
Yeah. That is so weird. He's 55. He does not look 55. No, he looks 35. Yeah. He looks our age. He doesn't look 35. Okay, he looks slightly older than us. He looks like me. Yeah, he looks 40, though. (laughs) Yeah, so he looks five years older than us. That is impressive. Right? It's creepy. There is a fucking painting in his attic, I fucking swear. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Anyway. So Buffy's carrying around weapons in her basket. Yeah. And that's nice. Oz's costume is just, hello, my name is God. (laughs) It's a little sticker. Got a name tag. He literally only had to write God on it. Xander's like going on about how it was a brilliant costume for him to do that. And he shouldn't have rented the tux. I could have been God. And Oz just responds with blasphemer. (laughs) (laughs) Like you're not engaged in blasphemy, Oz. We're all engaged in blasphemy. You're listening to Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Have a nice night. All right. We're only halfway done. Yeah. So we run into the soldiers. Oh, yeah. The soldiers make an appearance. These fuckers pop out of the bushes. And you'd think they would have, you know, figured something was up by the tips of the guns not being orange. Right. Because that's the quickest way to get shot down by the police. They do actually manage to do a good amount of foreshadowing for these fuckers. And it's the first time they've done any real foreshadowing whatsoever. Effectively, like over an entire half a season. Oh, yeah. Instead of blowing their load all at once. Exactly. Ah, guess what? This is the enemy. Ha ha ha. <laughs> and they've got evil plans. Evil. evil. I tell you. So Xander announces that Anya will be joining them and meeting them at the party because she was having trouble putting together something scary. And Buffy immediately throws a pity party for herself because she's going to be the third wheel. And Xander, in his very, very (laughs) super ultra sensitive intuition, super empathic way, is like, actually, you'll be a fifth wheel. (laughs) She's after your job, Josh. I know, right? She's after your fucking job. I am actually a professional third and fifth wheel, and you can, in fact, rent me for parties. Give me a call at 269-743-0783, and we'll discuss details. Okay, dear listeners, (laughs) I know this sounds like a joke, but I assure you, it actually isn't, and he will... (laughs) For a fee, be a valid third or fifth wheel for your outing. And let me tell you, as somebody who has employed Josh as the third wheel numerous times, <laughs> of all the bullshit I give this man... I also work for free booze. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, and food. He is, in fact, an exceptionally skilled third wheel. Damn right I am. <laughs> I love not having the pressure on me. Of, you know, having to be the sensitive one who's being thoughtful and chivalrous and, you know, I can just be the goofball who breaks the tension. Yeah, and it takes all sorts of pressure off me because I don't have to try and be funny. Yeah. Because anytime I try to be funny, I'm not funny. You know, (laughs) cue podcast. (laughs) I recognize that I'm not funny and therefore I brought this person to be funny for me. Exactly. Oh, honey, you're so thoughtful. Exactly. And it works out perfectly. See, it we're not does. just we're not just fucking you around here, folks. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. So, Buffy, there's 
really nothing at all wrong with being a third or fifth wheel. No, there isn't. And I really thought that Xander was going to say something about, well, but you're the the leading driving wheel and that's the most important wheel or, you know, something that would in some way, shape or form make her feel better. That would require significantly more social grace than Xander <laughs> is remotely capable of. That is correct. <laughs> sardonic wit the man's got it down social <laughs> grace uh-uh not so much so willow jumps in and she plays comforting best friend role really well and you're what shocked and disappointed i'm evil you should know but you should know better than attempt the fate the face the world that was pathetic you should know but you should know better than attempt the fate the face there's a lot more with that fantastic day birds singing Squirrels making lots of rotten little squirrels. And now we cut back to the party. Yep, where the house is literally haunted. Well, this is just neat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually very disappointed and I looked at I looked this up. This is literally the only Halloween episode that exists in both Buffy and Angel. The only Halloween episode that Spike is not in. Really? And this is only the second Halloween episode in the whole series, right? There's two more Halloween episodes in Buffy. I'm asking that have happened thus far. Yes. Okay. Because there wasn't one the first season. And there wasn't one in the third season. Just checking. Just making sure I didn't, you know, lose a complete day of my life. I mean, I've lost lots of complete <laughs> days of my life, but I would prefer that it wasn't one where we recorded. Right. So um, everybody's screaming and this cut back to the Scoobies. La, 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 la. They walk up to the house and it's kind of quiet and nothing really going on. Everything looks dead. But um, <laughs> Well, it, <laughs> my favorite part was the the princess costume girl with blood at the corners of her mouth. And so there's this strobe light. And in the span of like maybe five frames or something, like strobe goes out, strobe comes back on and she's got this creepy ass grin. She goes from being dead to scary, crazy grin on her face in like two frames it was very well done. And if you blinked, you would have missed it. Anyway, so we get some more cultural appropriation because we yep. got the, the one douchebag in the Rastafarian hat. Specifically a white dude oh. in a Rastafarian hat. Yeah. Um, and But that's okay. He, fall, he falls down the stairs and breaks his fucking neck. Yeah. So he's dead. And that's yeah. what you get when yeah. you culturally appropriate. And I hate to say it, but... I don't think Oz is getting his stereo back in one piece. Yeah, you know, casualties of war. <laughs> uh, so the Scoobies enter the house and it's eerily quiet. Um, Willow finds some cobwebs. Yeah, the place is a bit dead. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I already made that joke. Uh, did you? Yeah. I missed it. I even made the ba Oh, well. One of us has to pay attention here. <laughs> that's not true at all <laughs> right so then the fucking skeleton in the wall pops out and slashes at xander and xander screams and we get another one of my quotes of the day oh i wasn't scared 
I was in the spirit. And then actual quote of the day is Willow's response is, and we'll back you up on that, even if questioned separately. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I just, I liked Xander's line. I wasn't scared. I was in the spirit. That's a good one. And I'm just going to try to use that if it's ever relevant. Right. So then a, a real spider pops up on Willow's shoulder. And then Buffy finds real blood on the carpet. And then there's real bats overhead that turn into rubber. Yeah. Now, my problem with this scene, bats are adorable and they can flap around and leave guano in my hair anytime they want to. Yeah, you can make bowls out of that shit. (laughs) Collect the whole set. Oh, God. All the Jim Carrey quotes. Did you hear the pun, too? Bowls out of that shit. You can make bowls out of that shit. Oh, Jesus (laughs) Christ. I'm proud of that one. Yeah, I know you are. (laughs) Anyway, Oz finds a rubber bat and they're like, hey, something's going on here. This is weird. The rubber bat is what makes them think something's going on here. Not the real blood or the real bats or anything like that. That's just par for the course around these parts. Exactly. And then the house says, release me. Outside, enter Anya in her bunny costume. In the scariest costume fucking possible. I'm terrified at how big those (laughs) goddamn feet are. (laughs) Right? Clomping around. (laughs) Who would want to wear a costume like that? That looked so painful on the lower back. (laughs) That is terrifying. Wait, no. As a man who is as old as Keanu Reeves looks. <laughs> and and feels as old as he is. And feels, yes. <laughs> all the worst. <laughs> well, no. Not the worst. A lot of people still you pin look, me for 25. Same. You definitely tend to look younger when you cut your fucking hair, which you're kind of in need of a haircut. Yeah, I mean, I've been too poor to get a haircut for a while now, so what are you going to do? So Anya can't find the front door. Yeah. And and then she knocks on the exterior wall of the house, (laughs) which I can't say as I would do, but... I mean... She is Anya. The door's not where a door should be. I, I don't think that's illogical. I think there was a fake door here, Rex. Are you serious? Somebody's been shopping for fake doors. It's about goddamn time you, someone fucking bought some fake doors. You know, these guys were really tired of, you know, opening a door and you go through it and you're in another room. There's just too much pressure on you there, man. And they came on right on down to, to the fake door emporium. They bought up <laughs> all the fake doors. You can't even, can't open them. Get a dry. You can't open them. It's the fake doors. Fake doors. <laughs> Have I beaten this joke to death yet? Yeah. All right. Adequately <laughs> enough, though. Like, adequate beat it to death. All righty. So Anya walks around the house and then sees a woman banging on the window. And then the window just fucking disappears. Some stone slabs just kind of shutter closed across the window. Yeah. And Anya's first thought is... Xander. She's got to save her man. And it just warms my cold, black, dead heart like coffee (laughs) on a dark, overcast February day when there aren't even any Christmas decorations out anymore and there's still at least another three months of straight up suffering ahead of you. That's right. We're from Michigan. Right? Yeah. 
we're only just beginning. It so was snowing today, begun. Josh. It was snowing today. To live. <laughs> yeah, okay, I know. Moving on before you continue singing that. I fucking noticed. And they say young people don't learn anything in high school nowadays, but um, I've learned to be afraid. So what was the uh, story about that alligator? So back to inside Haunted House. Where the house is rearranging itself. The Scoobs can't find the front door either. No. And this episode just officially got terrifying at this moment for me. Right? It felt like Cabin in the Woods for just a moment, and that movie is awesome and terrifying Yeah, all at the same time. So I love the little bit here where Xander's like, do you hear something? And then Buffy's like, I don't know. Do you hear something? I hear something. We both hear something. And the something they hear is a dude crying in a closet. Anyway, so it's Chaz hiding in the closet. Hi, Chaz. Yeah, hi, Chaz. And he's like, it's alive. Ah!" They're like, what's alive? Oh, I think he's in shock or something. Uh, Cut to the skeleton, which is real. Yeah. And has an eyeball. Yeah, it ain't so plasticky anymore. And that just chills my freshly warmed but still tiny and unforgiving heart back to its normal bitter and peppery state. The bit of puppetry they did for this this skeleton was really fucking good, I thought. It was halfway decent. So there's a quick dramatic commercial break. Cut back to now Buffy getting stabbed by a skeleton as they realize yep. that Chaz is in actual shock. And as soon as she hits the skeleton, it falls to the ground and it's fake again. She kicks it so hard it becomes plastic again. Yes. I will kick you back into reality, fucker. (laughs) So they're tending to Buffy's wound and they hear screaming upstairs. And we know it's not coming from the stereo system because Oz unhooked that because he's the stereo god. Right. And then Chaz runs and hides back in the closet and the fucking closet disappears. Which promptly fucks off into Nopesville. (laughs) It's like, I'm numb numb. Got you now. Oh, shit. Would you call that a reverse Kool-Aid man? (laughs) When the hole in the wall disappears? Yeah. You know what? I will now. (laughs) So Chaz reverse Kool-Aid mans the fuck out of there. Is that yeah Oh. How would that yeah. Work? Oh, yeah. I think that kind of works. Fake doors. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same. Fucking fake doors everywhere, man. I know. It it was a fake door though. Buffy decides that you know what? Fuck this. I'm gonna kick some damn ass. And she tells the Scoobies to get the fuck out. They need to run and find the only man who can make sense of all this. Cut to Giles's house. Where Giles sits quietly and kind of dumbly eating his own candy. Way too much candy, mind you. Still dressed as a Mexican. And then Anya shows up. Good on her for going and getting Giles. Also, she learned to knock. Right? Xander taught her to knock. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't pick up on that. That's brilliant. She's got this knocking thing down now, man. Yay. (laughs) She got it faster than I ever did. (laughs) (laughs) so she quickly informs giles that uh xander specifically is in quite a lot of danger fuck the rest of them giles starts getting to work on finding supplies anya's obviously visibly worried tells anya don't worry he should be okay he's with friends 
Oh, yeah. So she has another little lesson here about friendship. Aw. Yeah. Anya's becoming human. Isn't that cute? It is. Cool. Come back to the haunted house. Where Buffy and Willow are fighting, specifically about Willow wants to do magic to get out of the situation. Obviously, Buffy is worried about that course of action. Understandably so. They get pissy. Willow storms off. Willow and Oz run down a hallway. Mistake number one of being in an actual haunted house. Don't split up. Don't separate. So Xander tries to pep talk Buffy. She starts calling for him like she can't even see or hear him. And did you see that ghoul in the background? The way it was framed. I could have sworn to Oz (laughs) and Keanu that that thing was just about to come to life. I did not notice it, no. And then it never did. Like, they were not careful enough about how they framed that shot. That was like some Halloween Mike Myers shit right there. There was a scene from that movie that just destroyed my childhood where you can see him sitting up just in the background and the way it's framed is just mind-shatteringly terrifying. No, I I really like when horror movies have shit happening in the background. No, I completely agree. Yeah. So anyway, the ghoul never comes to life, but Buffy runs off down the hallway And mistake number two, Xander does not immediately follow her. Yeah, like, okay, sure, she can't see you, but follow on her fucking heels, dumbass. Yeah. Xander does, however, slowly meander off after her and go figure he can't find her at the first turn he takes. Big surprise. Derp. Cut back to Willow and Oz where (laughs) Willow's just kind of ranting at this point. And Oz is doing his due diligence as her boyfriend of just letting her go. Yeah, she's she's ranting because she's still upset with Buffy and she needs to blow some steam off. And uh, she sees some stairs. Ta-da! They found the stairs. Mistake number three! You're lost in a house that's closing off pathways and it suddenly opened up a new pathway to get yourself further stuck in the house and you went there. Yep. Mistake number three. And of course, the moment they're going up the stairs, Oz starts wolfing out. Yeah. I have to mention, though, the costumes, makeup stuff that they did with this level of werewolfism. Mm -hmm. Way better than anything we've seen thus far. It is, actually. I honestly think they could have done better with just that for his full werewolf. Right. Because he just looks more like a monkey when he's full werewolf. Yeah. So they get in an argument because he's like, no, we need to separate now because if I become a werewolf, I will fucking kill you is the subtext. And she's like, no, I'm a cast a spell. Don't leave me. And he accidentally scratches her and he runs off. And now everyone is alone. <laughs> I was all by myself. <laughs> that song's about masturbation. Is it? If we're thinking of the same song. I think it's Green Day. I was all by myself. Yeah, no, that's the one. It's the it's the extra track at the yeah, end of the album. That's masturbation. Huh, I didn't know that. I mean, how do you have a wonderful time by yourself, Josh? You wank it. Watching a movie? I don't know. That's Cook yourself dinner? No. God damn. Sing Dude, a- like all of their early music is about masturbation and doing drugs. Moving on. Good to know. (laughs) So. Cut to Xander who finds a mirror 
And he's really happy about this mirror because he can see himself. So therefore, he knows he's still there. And then the severed head on a plate with its eye falling out of its socket behind him says, I can see you. (laughs) We've seen this head like five different fucking places this episode. It's all over the fucking place. (laughs) So then we cut to a bathroom where Oz is sitting in a tub going, you're not going to change. You're not going to change. That's not how this shit works, Oz. Yeah. I don't think he was ever really in danger of actually changing no, anyway not. buffy wanders the hallways rather uneventfully honestly but she yeah. keeps at least one time she points her mini crossbow in a bit of a panic dun, dun, dun. nothing there but it's nothing and then willow casts her spell and it goes wrong immediately i think it was her indecision led the spell to go awry and the fear demon grabbed a hold of that and ran with it sure that sounds totally viable so, yeah, it busts into, like, a million little green flying thingies and starts swarming her head. And some of them, like, going in her mouth. Yeah. Which, that would be awful. That would be awful. You, have you ever accidentally walked through or, like, rode your bike through a cloud of gnats? So, this one time that I was literally up a creek without a paddle, <laughs> somebody gave me half of their paddle. I was in a kayak. And I had a headlamp. It was after dark. My whole head was swarmed <laughs> in gnats for like yeah. an hour. Um, helpful tip. If there are a swarm of gnats around your head, raise your arm like you're in class. They'll rise to your hand. Hey, Rex, try doing that while you're literally up a creek without a paddle. I didn't say it wasn't difficult. I'm just saying that does help. You kind of need both hands to use half a paddle. Well, maybe you do. (laughs) (laughs) Or a whole Some of us are just more equipped to handle life, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you're one of them. (laughs) I said nothing of the fucking sort. All right, just as long as we're clear on that. Yes, it's time to listen. The good guys are always stalwarts and true. Bad guys are easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats. We always defeat them and save the day. No one ever dies, and everybody lives happily ever after. Liar. We cut back to Buffy. She hears Willow's voice calling yep. for help. And she breaks through this door where she thinks she'll find Willow, but instead there's no floor and she falls and lands in the basement. I have to say, I think they based. Betrayal at House on the Hill, the board game, on this fucking episode. Oh, right? Or vice versa. Right? How long has that game been out? Early 2000s. So, like, about four or five years after this. Yeah, so maybe they did base the game on this episode. Anyway, so the dude that fell and snapped his neck on the stairwell is in the basement, and he's an asshole. He's kind of monologuing at Buffy, repeating all her different fears and whatnot at her. His, so his line is, they all ran away from you. They always will. Open your heart to someone and, well, that's that's the whole line. It's just, you know, it's more relevant in yeah. his delivery. So he says, but don't fret, little girl. You're not alone. Because you know zombies. Yeah. And so all the zombies try to eat her. Cut to outside. Giles is on the job. 
<laughs> I fucking love this scene. He's standing at the wall where the door should be, and he's like his hands out, and he's looking at a book, and he's like, hmm, I should somehow find a door, and there's no door. And we're going to have to create a door. And Anya goes, can we do that? And he's like, definitely. I can. He walks over to his bag and pulls from a bag that is not big enough to hold it a chainsaw. Hey, spatial acuity just is not important in this episode. Also, he doesn't have to pull it to start it. It just automatically is running. Raises it up. (laughs) Scares the bejesus out of houses. He had the wherewithal to pack a chainsaw. Yeah, I love that he thought ahead. <laughs> I mean, and I thought about that. He did have enough information. No, it's perfect. It's amazing. And Giles with a chainsaw, what more could you really want out of life? It's fantastic. Cut back to the basement where Buffy's still fighting off all the creepy shit. And the broken neck dude is still going on and on about Buffy's insecurities, essentially. And then she makes it to the coat room. Is that what they were calling I guess. it? Yes. She opens a little a little door and goes through the little door and then comes out a big door and is in the attic. And then she's like, oh, a coat room. Mm-hmm. And like I rewatched the, that fucking line multiple times. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? A coat room. Yeah. It was like an attic. Yeah. All of the Scoobies and all of the survivors of the party have ended up in this room. And I'm starting to think that only one person died. Yeah. And that's the dude with the broken neck. Yeah. And he only died because he fell down the fucking stairs. Yeah. Like, I don't think this demon is capable of killing anybody. He's definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) He's only capable of exaggerating fears. And biting ankles. (laughs) Buffy sees Oz just as Willow runs into the room and nothing's wrong with anybody. Yeah. Xander's just sitting there going, "Uh, nobody can see me. And they're like, shut up and snap out of it, asshole. And they see the symbol on the floor and Xander's like, oh, I saw them painting that. And they got it from this book over yonder. And they're like, oh, we must be okay now. And then she, Buffy, wisely is like, no, obviously we're here for a fucking reason. Right. Like, Obviously, the demon wanted us here. This is not good, guys. So Willow opens it up right to the correct page, and she's like, oh, it's Gaknar. Well, (laughs) duh. I knew that. Didn't you know that, Rex? I did. I totally fucking knew that. I was like, well, this is obviously the work of Gaknar. Yeah, I mean. Spelled C-H, not C-K. Thank you. Who else could it possibly be but that crazy dude? Not Balthazar, obviously. I need a big list of demons right now. Where's a big list of demons when I need one? Necronomicon. Ah, fuck. They're like, oh, okay, let's get the fuck out of here. And just as all the doors seem to have zombies banging on them, Buffy says, our fears are manifesting it. We're feeding it. We need to stop. And Xander says, if we close our eyes and say it's a dream, it'll stab us to death. These things are real. I really enjoyed that part. Anyway, zombies on the other side of several of the doors banging on the doors. So they run at the one door that doesn't have banging on it and they're about to open it. And all of a sudden Giles with a chainsaw kicks in the door. Yeah. Which in any other movie, you open a door and you see a dude with a chainsaw with a maniacal look on their face. And that's the wrong door. A great line from Xander. It's Giles with a chainsaw. (laughs) 
Well, we established that already, yeah. Xander. Thank you very much. Giles sets down the chainsaw. He walks up to Buffy. They show him the book, and he starts reading the book. Yeah. And Oh, look, it's Gacknaw. There's your problem. Yeah, there's your problem. <laughs> shows Buffy, He's got a Gacknaw problem. Shows Buffy a picture of Gacknaw, and he looks pretty fucking scary. Also, one of my quotes of the day. Oh, I, I have it. Um, The summoning spell for Gacknaw can be shut down in one of two ways. Destroying the mark of Gacknaw, Buffy immediately runs over to the fucking pentagram on the floor and just bashes it to shit. Followed up immediately with Giles saying, is not one of them and will in fact immediately bring forth the fear demon itself. And this is exactly why we let people finish their fucking sentences, Rex. I don't know what you're fucking talking about. I know. <laughs> anyway. It's not in any way relevant whatsoever. Thus rises Gaknar. Not Gaknar. Gaknar. The Gaknar? The Gaknar. Not Mr. Gaknar from third period in middle school. No, the Gaknar. The uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh god and then uprises Gaknar and he's all of six fucking inches tall he's tiny <laughs> Willow's he like a little tiny voice he's like fear me I am the knight <laughs> and Willow's like oh he's so cute <laughs> Xander's like big overture little show <laughs> yeah and then he a says little tiny living space so Xander goes, who's a little fear demon? Come on, who's a little fear demon? Xander, don't taunt the fear demon. Why? Can he hurt me? No, it's just tacky. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, there's, there's only so many ways to sum up Xander, if not tacky. <laughs> right? God, it really is such a good fucking line. It's it's fucking amazing. <laughs> so, and then Giles says something along the lines of, you know, when it comes to slaying, and Buffy finishes his sentence for him, size doesn't matter. And the whole time they're talking about this, he's down there like, I bring the fear. <laughs> I am the knight. <laughs> he looks at her and he says, you know, they're all going to abandon you. And she's like, oh, that's it. <laughs> Squish. Pops him like a fucking cockroach. <laughs> so wrap up at giles's house yep where buffy's like there's no problem that can't be solved with chocolate you know except for barfing yeah especially barfing caused by chocolate cannot be solved with chocolate but xander willow buffy and oz are sitting and anya are sitting around the chocolate bowl xander uh, makes fun of anya's bunny costume yep She's like, what? Bunnies scare me. And then the best, the best fucking part. Cue the foreboding music. Foreboding music. And Giles is like, the inscription. And everyone's like, what? Buffy's like, what's the matter? He shows her the book. I should have translated the Gaelic inscription under the illustration of Gacknaw. <laughs> Actual size. <laughs> Garg. Is this for me? I must be ready. 
I need my strength, strength. Give, give, give me more! Nights, I shall walk in Hold on. You've got something here, huh? Ask me how I felt about this episode, Rex. How'd you feel about this episode, Josh? I loved this episode, and I thought <laughs> it perfectly encapsulated the spirit of Halloween. The build-up, the excitement, and then pure, real terror and dread, and then the, hey, it wasn't that big of a deal, and it was actually all just fun and games, and the very lighthearted ending. Just the, everything about the episode perfectly encapsulated the spirit of Halloween. Plus a little bit of chocolatey barfiness. Sure. I have to agree with you on that. Well, and also the, if you culturally appropriate on Halloween, you should die a painful stairway death. I personally don't quite believe to that extent. Yeah. It's but not, don't do that. It's not that bad, but it is insensitive and also not creative. Right. Like, I usually don't like the kind of, like, pseudo-anticlimactic episodes where it's all this build-up and then just, oh, nothing happens. But the payoff on this was just so fucking perfect. Oh, absolutely <laughs> worth it. It was... <laughs> and again, with the subversion and the oi, because uh, <laughs> I was not expecting it. Like, I remember, it's one of those moments that stuck in my brain and I was like, oh, yeah. But I still just was not expecting it to wrap up like that. So what's your quote of the day? My quote of the day, I think my runner up is, who's a little fear demon? <laughs> Come on, who's a little fear demon? <laughs> the claw, it's coming to get you. No. I, I think I'm going to have to give it to, if we close our eyes and say it's all a dream... It'll stab us to death. These things are real. <laughs> I'm not that surprised that you picked that one. It's a very good one. Yeah. I would have to say, though, I have to go with actual size. The, the, the ending line of the entire episode just fucking sold it. The delivery and tone that Giles has of, like, ugh, actual size. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Well, and just the way that they made us think that, uh-oh, maybe shit is only just oh, beginning. Exactly. And then, no, it's it's, <laughs> it's another bad joke. Like, fuck you guys, and also, that's hilarious. Oh, this was a very dad joke episode. A little bit. I liked it, though. All right, guys, this has been another episode of Beer with Buffy. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, Review us on iTunes. That is our favoriteest thing for you to do and, hands down, the best way for you to help us propagate this podcast into little other baby podcasts. <laughs> it's been a little while since we've gotten an iTunes review. We need more. If you want to drink coffee out of a mug that has our logo on it, you can always go to store.beerwithbuffy.com. That is also a good place to go if you want to wear a t-shirt with our logo on it. If you want to give us money to help us support this podcast, you can go to patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. Beer's not cheap. Damn right. You can always let us know if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, and you can email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. You can also call us and leave us a voicemail at 269-743-0783. You can also text us at that number. 
As always, thank you very much to Benjamin Alexander and Reggie Page for all of our closing, opening, and transitional music. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Actual size. Who's a little fear demon? <laughs> and the Nate! done why are we watching this <laughs>